You're listening to Welcome to Eloma, a podcast for highly ambitious dreamers who get shit done. I'm your host, Kylie Peters. This is a space where we talk about how and why rest is productive. As entrepreneurs, we tend to be high achievers. We have millions of ideas. We tend to run a million miles an hour and then we crash. And many of us are trying to figure out how to be productive while having a productive and sustainable workflow. So everybody talks about the importance of rest. And then we're all like, yeah, okay, well, I took a nap and now I'm going to go back to work for six hours. So um, I think we have some false ideas of what rest might actually be and look like. And so we're going to talk about that today. So Today's guest is Nina Nezdoli, and she is a work stress and burnout prevention speaker, researcher, and founder of Workplace Clarity. And she is spreading her message of rest being productive across the world. So I'm super excited to get into today, today's conversation. Welcome to Eloma, Nina. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk about this. Yeah, same here. So let's go ahead and dive in. Um, Nina, we spoke briefly previously, and that led to today's conversation. Um, Tell us why and how is rest productive and why do entrepreneurs need to get over themselves and take this seriously? (laughs) Ultimately, rest is productive in a few different ways. First, your brain and your body have a finite capacity for productivity. You can only focus and be productive for so many hours in a day. And even if you love your job, which is often the case with entrepreneurs, work is still depleting. The research still shows that even if you're highly engaged, invigorated, challenged, excited about your work, it contributes to strength. It wears you down and depletes your bodily resources. So you need rest as opportunities to replenish your resources and your energy if you want to be able to keep going with this thing that you love with your entrepreneurial journey. So first, we need rest because we can't work all the time. And second, rest is where a lot of the magic happens, especially as entrepreneurs, because when you are resting and when you are not focused on work specifically, your mind can wander, form new ideas, attach existing ideas. Your mind is focused on future planning and ideation. And that's sometimes where we get our best ideas and we find our next step forward is not in thinking and working really hard, but in taking the time to rest so that we can allow our minds and our subconscious to do some of that that work, that mind-wandering, that ideation that often leads to really exciting things for us. Okay, I have probably a dumb question here, but can you help us understand the different ways that we can rest? Because I know for me, I'm like, okay, most people talk about rest. And to me, I'm like, okay, that's laying on a couch doing nothing or it's sleep. And I'm like, oh, gosh. But talk to us about the different ways that we can rest or how that's being, how that's like defined in in our world or could be. Right. So 
rest itself, I don't think has a super specific definition. Like there's no one right way to rest within the work stress and burnout prevention literature and science. Some things get defined a little bit more specifically. So two elements that I consider very important and distinct are stress relief and work recovery. Okay. Stress relief are the things that allow you to get stress and tension out of your body. These are often fairly active things like exercise, talking, journaling, where you feel this tension leaving and you have that sense of relief that you've let the tension, you've let the stress out. So that's stress relief or letting stress out of the body. Work recovery, and there's a huge body of research on this, work recovery experiences are when you are protecting your resources for yourself and you're no longer investing yourself in work. So recovery includes detaching about work so that you're not thinking about it anymore. You're not giving your energy there. Relaxing. So you're in a state where your nervous system is not very active. You're just chilling. That's where the lying on the couch that you mentioned comes in. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we do just want to relax. Control, which means that you're just taking control of your time so that when you have breaks, when you have time off, Mm. you are enjoying that, not letting your business run you when you try to take a break, for example. And mastery. Mastery are the places, the activities where we learn and grow outside of work. These are our hobbies, our things that we do just because we enjoy them that have nothing to do with our work. So there are a lot of different ways to rest, some of them more active, some of them more relaxed, some really intentional, and some just because we enjoy it and we deserve to have fun. Okay, I'm so glad I asked that question because as somebody who has very much struggled with this, um, this idea of rest has been so elusive to me. And so thank you for breaking it down in that way, stress relief and work recovery. And all the different things that you mentioned for both of those things, you know, like people hear all the times, like, I'm going to go for a run to release some of the stress. But I love how you also mentioned like journaling can also be a version of that too. And then Um, the whole long list of things that you mentioned for work recovery, having the last one be like hobbies. It's like, oh, so, you know, the hobbies that us entrepreneurs are supposed to have, like there's a reason for them. Like, okay, it's not just a nice to have. Noted. Thank you, dear. I I appreciate that. (laughs) So I like to use a structure. Sorry. No, Um, no, go ahead. I, I like to use a structure for myself. And this is available if if anyone is interested in my work and subscribes to my newsletter. It's a free handout people can get that I call the rest and recharge routine. And in it, I have four categories. Stress relief, as I just mentioned, work recovery, and then responsibility and recharge. So I use this framework to make sure that I'm getting everything that I need for rest based on a combination of the neuroscience and management research. Every day after work, I do something to relieve stress. I do something to make sure that I am recovering from work. I take care of some responsibilities. That's the boring stuff, like taking out the garbage, Mm -hmm. maybe doing the dishes, 
doesn't have to clean my whole house. I don't have to clean everything. Just make my life a little bit easier. And then I just do something I enjoy. And was that the recharge? Is that the last That's one? That's the recharge. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And if people wanted to see this framework, where would they find it? Uh, if you head to my website and subscribe to my newsletter, I send that out as a free handout. Okay. And what's your URL? Workplaceclarity.com. Workplaceclarity.com. Okay. So check out workplaceclarity.com and we can download this free handout. Awesome. So as we go through this, Nina, what is the ideal work, rest, life balance breakdown for entrepreneurs? And I know when we spoke last time, you specifically were making comparisons between corporate and the entrepreneurial world that I thought were really interesting. Um, and it's really made me start to rethink a lot of things. So, so tell us a little bit about that. I won't go as far as to say that there's an ideal work rest life breakdown, because I think it does depend on every person and what they're working on and what else they have in their life, like family commitments. If you're an entrepreneur as a side hustle and you've got something else that you're doing, but there are definitely some rules of thumb that we see in the science that we can put into place. I think the biggest difference between corporate and entrepreneurship is people really underestimate how much time in a corporate job is spent not working, is spent chatting so much. <laughs> or in meetings that are kind of running around the bush before they get into the point on lunch breaks. So entrepreneurs come into their own business and say, I need to work eight hours a day. And especially in the early phases of business, entrepreneurs may be alone when they're doing this or only have a few other people they're interacting with. And they say, I need to work eight hours a day. They're exhausted. They can't. And they're hard on themselves. And the reason for this is because no one is working eight hours a day. In a corporate job, no one is being massively productive for eight hours a day. Some of your hours are very productive. About three to four hours are really focused, productive work. That's really all your brain is capable of. And then you have meetings, maybe social events, some lighter work. So for entrepreneurs, the idea that you can maintain the exact same breakdown of work hours often doesn't translate because entrepreneurs are now trying to be super productive for the entire workday when that's not what's happening in corporate environments. So instead of trying to be super productive for the whole day for an entrepreneur, it is realistic to say, I'm doing three to four hours of highly productive focused work. And the rest of my day is for meetings, maybe lighter tasks. If you have social media, maybe you make your graphics, kind of the fun work that doesn't require as much focused attention. But if you try to be super productive for eight hours a day, you are doing dramatically more than you did in a corporate environment and you're going to be exhausted really quick. Yeah, that made a lot of sense to me when you said (laughs) that the first time and I was like, oh, wow, this, okay, got it. Yeah, we operate differently and there's a reason for all these things, right? 
Our Defining Success Workshop series is so much more than just a business workshop. This three-day intensive is a carefully curated exercise in finding clarity in the now, which includes your personal and professional goals. We have four expert speakers that will guide you through what typically takes years to accomplish in just three days' time and will save you roughly $100,000 in investment while we're at it. This will be the best ROI you'll ever make. I pinky promise. Sign up for one of our four Defining Success workshops taking place at Hotel Metro in Milwaukee this year. You can register at rixrixworkshops.com and keep in mind, space is limited. So for any other entrepreneurs out there who are like, oh crap, listening to this, <laughs> talk to us a little bit about some quick wins. You know, we always love, as humans, we always love quick wins. As entrepreneurs, we also love quick wins. Um, talk to us about some quick wins we can start putting into place for ourselves now that can start making a little bit of a difference. I'll share two, one for each of the categories of rest we were talking about earlier, stress relief and recovery. First is to incorporate stress relief at all into your day. We often act like we have to wait until everything is done to relieve stress. Like we need to get through our whole to-do list. We need to wait until things calm down. But relieving stress helps us tackle our work days and our to-do list. So instead of waiting, put it into the day, even if it's just a few minutes. Journal or just scribble when you take a lunch break. Go for a five or 10-minute walk. Just have a dance party in your kitchen. At least once a day, preferably a a few times a day, do something to relieve tension, to relieve stress and just let that tension out. So even just in bite-sized pieces? Preferably in bite-sized pieces. Stress relief only takes a few moments. If you go out for a workout and you go do your workout for an hour or two hours, you've gone long past what needs to be done to relieve stress. Like you're working out because you want to work out then. Yes, it will increase endorphins. It will increase your energy. It will do all of these things. But to have the tension relief and the stress relief part of it only takes a few minutes. So if we insert that into our day, we're stopping stress from building up in our bodies. What about um, laughter? Is that considered a form of stress relief? It is. The challenging thing with laughter is you have to be laughing really hard. Okay. So, so it's if like, you're just like kind a belly of giggling, laugh. yeah, it's got to be okay. a really full belly laugh, which I find is tricky to construct within your day. Like to say, I'm going to yeah. do a full belly laugh. Now I'm right going now. to laugh really hard and this is yeah. going to be real. <laughs> yeah. Whereas sitting down to journal for one page or do a little dance party or something like that, you know, you're going to be able. <laughs> You can control that outcome. Okay. Got it. I love it. Exactly. Okay. What's the second second one? Second set of quick wins is sensory cues. So when I talked about work recovery experiences earlier, I mentioned that one of them was detachment. When you stop thinking about work, I find people really struggle with this, especially people who work from home, which entrepreneurs are often doing, or in the case of entrepreneurs, You just feel like you're responsible for everything all the time. It's very hard to shut off. So a quick win to help detach from work is to leverage sensory cues. 
Your brain loves patterns and associations. It will pair two things together over time, and it does this so that it can predict what's going to happen. So when you hear an alert on your computer that reminds you of work, your brain is trying to now make predictions. What's going to happen? We're going to do work. So if you take a look at sensory information, what you see, smell, taste, hear, and even feel the clothes on your body that you associate with work versus that you associate with personal time, you can create differentiations between those. Mm. So either get the work cues away from yourself so that you can really detach or create contrasting cues in your personal time. For example, I have playlists that I reserve for work. When I turn those playlists on, I'm in it, I'm working, I'm focused. When they're off, that helps me detach from work. I'm not in that mode. And I listen to different music when I'm around the house, in the gym, or just doing my own thing. Mm. If you find that having your stuff out visually is pulling you back in, take a few minutes at the end of the day to put it away so that you don't have that visual cue there that's pulling you back into your work. Mm. And what about, so, so yes, and to all of that. Um, and for those of us who do work from home, any other specific tips on how we can help to detach from work at home and life at home? I think the sensory cues and using as many of them as possible is one of the most important things. One of the biggest ones is physical spaces. So designating a specific workplace yeah. and being incredibly strict about that. Okay. Keep your work in one space. Keep it at your desk. If you don't have a desk, keep it at the dining room table and do not move it into spaces that are meant to be comfortable and relaxing. Do not take work in bed with you. Do not make it so your entire home feels like a workplace. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know working in bed is so comfy, but it's not worth it. No, I mean, it's there's science. There's science behind it. Um, so as we are looking to make, you know, these even small improvements now, what is an ideal like long-term goal that we as entrepreneurs should, like a healthy long-term goal that we should be kind of striving for? In the long-term, I think the aim is to create a schedule, a life, a setup where you are not constantly falling into this trap of feeling like you just need to survive it. Like, I just need to make it until I just need to get through this. I just need to last because that is what is going to lead to burnout. We can go over the signs of burnout, but I think catching it before it happens is ultimately more important. And if we are living in this constant state of, I'm waiting for things to slow down. I just need to make it through this period. I just need to make it through this quarter. That means you're overcapacity, you're overextended. And it's not sustainable in the long term. So the goal is to get to a place where rather than feeling like you need to survive periods of your life and your business, you can enjoy them. 
Your life is not on the other side of some accomplishment or of some milestone in your business. This is it. Your life is happening now. So long-term, our goal is to get to a place where we are consistently enjoying the journey. And yes, once in a while, we have deadlines, we have crunch times, and it happens. But if we live that way all the time, we'll be exhausted and we'll miss out on actually getting to enjoy our lives. I want to circle back to a little nugget that you just alluded to, and I feel like I got to try to crack it open at least quickly. Um, So many entrepreneurs I know are struggling with burnout or on the precipice of, of burnout. Can you tell us, you just mentioned there's like some symptoms or signs of burnout. I would love to know those signs. And then I've got a couple of follow up questions for you. Okay. So according to the World Health Organization, burnout is an occupational phenomenon resulting from chronic excessive work stress that has not been successfully managed. Absolutely, there is overlap with other areas of your life as well. But primarily, the existing definition is based on work. And there are three dimensions. The first is exhaustion, emotional exhaustion. So you're feeling completely run down, completely depleted. You're so tired that you go to bed at night, you wake up in the morning, it's like you didn't even sleep. Like it doesn't seem to help. Mm -hmm. The second is cynicism and depersonalization. So you start to psychologically withdraw from others and your work. You might become really resentful towards your business, really irritated by your clients. And so you're pulling back. The third, and this one is a really vicious loop that people get stuck in, is reduced professional efficacy. That's when you start to lose your sense of accomplishment in your work. This one is vicious because what happens is you have this sense that you're failing and that you're getting bad at your work. Mm -hmm. And so when what you really need is rest, the natural inclination is often to work harder, to try to compensate Mm -hmm. for what we perceive as personal shortcomings. Well, that hits the nail on the head. Great. Uh, and for anybody, for anybody who's experiencing burnout or, uh, might be experiencing any of those symptoms, what would your recommendation be? So the first thing is recognize it, figure out that you're there. I think, especially with high achieving people, there's not a huge difference between being in kind of early stages and actually being burnt out in terms of how it manifests because high achieving people are just so good at pushing through and completely ignoring anything in their body that says that they need rest. So if you find yourself saying, I just need to make it until this period, or another big one for me is I can do all of this if nothing goes wrong, which means you've left yourself not a moment to be a person. If you are identifying patterns like that in yourself that are these very like absolutes, like you have to do these things, you must survive this, you've got to do this. That's a very good sign that you are either burnt out and hiding it or you're headed that way. So first we recognize it. Second is to really seriously evaluate what you're currently doing. Take a look at the actions, the work that you're doing. And I like to do a couple of things. First, I look for what I made up. Because sometimes Mm. we are just inventing standards and work for ourselves 
Nobody said we have to do this. Nobody said it's got to be this way. Early in my business, I have an Instagram account. I realized that um, my preference is that it's <laughs> so ridiculous. My preference is if none of the graphics that are the same color are touching on my Instagram feed. So if I post a blue graphic, I would like for it not to be touching directly another blue graphic. I like some space. I don't like Uh clusters of colors. I was losing like half an hour a day to changing the colors on these Instagram graphics so that they weren't touching. And that serves absolutely no one. Yep. Like I made that up. I Mm -hmm. fully put that pressure on myself. So that's a really good place to start because if you're a high achieving type A perfectionist type, there's a very good chance you invented some standards for yourself. Standards of perfection, performance, or how hard you have to work before you can ask for help that are absolutely untrue. Nobody is holding you to those except you. Mm-hmm. The second thing as an entrepreneur is to look at what is actually making you money and just get real about that. Mm-hmm. The story of the McDonald's founder of McDonald's, famously McDonald's started off with going to only Coke, fries, and a burger because they realized those three items made up 87% of their revenue in the early days. Similar thing for us as entrepreneurs. If there is something that is taking all of your time or even half of your time, but it's only 10, 15, 20% of your revenue or the contribution to your business isn't there, then either outsource it if it's something that actually does need to get done, but isn't a big financial aspect or get rid of it if you can, or eventually transition to get rid of it. I used to offer, um, I now have a membership for individuals to take part in. I used to do small group programs. Mm -hmm. My business is 80 to 90% corporate. I work with organizations. That's the primary thing that I do. And yet for, and that's the primary source of income that I have. And yet I was spending more time on these small group programs. Mm-hmm. So I scrapped them and I switched to a membership model where I don't do anything live. I have all of these wonderful recorded videos and people can put their own programs together and go through and get the information they need. So I still offer something for individual people, but the time proportion is back where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. So that's, we recognize it. We evaluate what we're actually doing. And then we go on the really uncomfortable journey of saying no to things. Uh, yes our favorite sometimes when I get into phases in my work when I am really overburdened and overcommitted I will just go on a like a hold where I have a I am saying no to everything for this time period I'm in one of those right now because earlier in March I realized that I had overcommitted myself I got really excited signed up to do Mm -hmm. a TEDx talk Thought it would fit my calendar, has not actually fit as easily as I thought it would. So for the whole month of March, I've been saying no to things or saying, reconnect with me in April. And I'm booking all the way out starting in May at the earliest because I'm also pretty full through April. Like there's mm-hmm. no room. 
Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's saying no, sometimes it's saying not right now. And sometimes as entrepreneurs, you know, part of the reason you got here is because you are such an amazing high achieving person. So people are going to offer you opportunities. They're going to look at you and say, you're amazing. I want you to do this. I want you to be part of this. You get a lot of invitations. If you are saying yes to everything, you may be saying no to your real goals. Mm -hmm. So it's a matter of getting really real with yourself about what actions are actually contributing to my goals versus what sounds cool or makes me feel special or sounds really impressive. Mm -hmm. Today's episode is brought to you by Hivecast an amazing, simple, and affordable podcast production agency. Hivecast has been instrumental in producing Welcome to Eloma, simplifying our workflow, and making our lives so much easier. Their packages range from $500 to $1,000 a month to create audio, video, and marketing creative assets. They've saved us huge on both our bottom line as well as time spent. They also have a sister agency called Fireside, which offers marketing services for small businesses, including social media management, Facebook and Instagram ads, and so much more. And they're all at really reasonable prices for small business owners. The best part is that there's no contract. So you can purchase their services as needed on a monthly basis. Use the code ELOMACAST, E-L-O-M-A-C-A-S-T, and save 50% off your first month of services. Go ahead and give them a try. We have loved working with them. Okay, I have one more follow-up question for you on this. Just because somebody had recently said to me a very alarming stat of like when somebody gets burned out, it takes years for them to actually recoup. And so I'm going to ask you, how long does it take somebody to recoup from burnout? And I'm hoping that you're not going to say years. (laughs) I'm not going to say years. Okay. (laughs) I have seen that. I'm going to say myth all over social media. The research shows as little as a few weeks up to many years. The many years situations are often when we've hit fully clinical burnout. And that's a different extreme than this more, I'm going to call it a day-to-day version of burnout that a lot of people are experiencing. Mm -hmm. If you remain in a state of burnout for a really long time, the problem is that the stress systems in your body become dysregulated. So your cortisol is not functioning properly. Your nervous system is not functioning properly. That takes an incredibly long time to heal. And if it's gotten really bad, People may be experiencing all kinds of other sickness and ailments that are, is hard to recover from. But if you are just a person who has gotten kind of a more day to day burnout, you're not hospitalized, you're not incredibly sick, you're just overcommitted, exhausted and cranky. It, it can take, I think in one experimental study I read where they did some interventions. It was as little as 10 to 11 weeks. Okay, so still a couple months. So there's a huge range here, but it's it's not a three or five year minimum. Okay. All right. Well, you know, that's a little encouraging. Um, Nina, what is so important to you about doing this work and spreading this message, especially to entrepreneurs? 
think for me, what's really important to me is that I just really believe it's possible for people to both have meaningful careers and pursue things they're passionate about while also enjoying their lives. And I think the narrative that rest is productive is really the key to that. I see it as the key to that. I see it as a way that we can work with our brains, with our bodies, respect the limits of what they're capable of, which funny enough often means we can actually be more productive and get more done because we're working within what our brains and bodies are able to do. And then we can have our lives outside of work so we can just have overall a much more well-rounded, fulfilling life. I don't think it's one or the other having a meaningful career or having a business you're excited about or enjoying your life. I think it's possible to have both. So that's that's what I'm here for. Yeah. Um okay, my last question for you is uh especially as a researcher, I'm very excited to hear your response here. Um what is your greatest insight or discovery about life and entrepreneurship? Ooh. I think it's something I I mentioned earlier in passing, but it really is a big insight for me is that life is not on the other side of your accomplishments. It's Mm -hmm. what's happening right now. I used to be always pushing for the next thing. I'm on my third degree. Like I have an undergrad, a master's. <laughs> so you like those acronyms. You like the acronyms. I like the acronyms. Yeah. <laughs> if, if I just had continued on acting like I had to accomplish things and do these things before I could make any space for my hobbies, I dance, I bike, I do yoga, I read. You know, I would be exhausted and entering my early 30s, having never enjoyed my life. And you can always come up with something else. You know, you can always have more to do. It's, it's endless. You can have another business. You can have a financial goal you're going to hit. You can have too many degrees. You can have all these different things that you're doing. So if you act like you have to achieve something before you can enjoy your life, that's miserable. It's, it's miserable. I think it starts because there are phases in your life, especially when you're young and especially depending on the socioeconomic status that you grew up with, where sometimes there are those early phases where you are pushing to get to safety or some financial security. Sure. But once you have those things, what are you working for if you're not enjoying the life you have now? Yep. Mic drop. Well done. Well done. Um, Nina, I feel like I could uh, pick your brain for like a few more hours, uh, but I know you're a busy lady, so I don't want to steal any more of your time. But thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom and knowledge with us. I'm taking copious notes over here. Thank you so much. Um, For anybody who is listening and would like to reach out or learn more, or maybe is Thinking back about your free download, what's the best place and how can they get in touch with you? I've got my website, TikTok, and Instagram 
all our workplace clarity. I'm also on LinkedIn using my real name. You can connect with me on any of those platforms. Okay. Awesome. And for anybody listening, if this episode has been and like halfway as informative for you as it has for me, please go ahead and leave us a review and talk about how um, how much Nina has blown your mind because she's blown mine and I have a whole list of things I need to start doing differently. Um, Nina, thank you so much for being here with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Kylie. To continue learning how to better build your business, and make your vision a reality, subscribe to the Welcome to Eloma email list at welcometoeloma.com.